Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. I'm Kevin Oakley, and as always, we have Andrew Peak. A- Andrew, did you know that we are now officially the number one most downloaded podcast on new home marketing in the United States? That is amazing. <laughs> That is in a, that fake category that doesn't exist. We're at the top. I know. I'm not sure yeah. where we are, where we are ranked. I'm not even sure where to find out like the post after 100 uh, top podcasts out there. You know, what is the 101 through 1000? And then the yeah, 10, no one cares. No one cares. We are a, we are a niche market, my friend, but that's okay. That, we don't want to talk about other things. No, we don't this want to talk care about, about how to get listings because that has nothing to do with <laughs> our audience. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> Go knocking on some doors. Hey, I could sell your home. Hey, I could sell your oh, home. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, um, another short week for us. Uh, I am headed immediately following this off to our spring break. Homeschool spring break is whenever you want it to be. So uh, my wife decided it's going to be this week. Uh, so I'm out from Thursday to Wednesday. Uh, recording this again a couple days early. But... The other thing that's going on before we get into story time is uh, we did just update the online sales summit dot com. That's the website for our yearly event, the online sales and marketing summit. And we just added some new speakers up there and I can't say anything else yet, but we do still have some other speakers that we're in in discussions with getting uh, lined up. So you'll notice, uh, Andrew, in terms of design speak, the speakers are not well balanced. It seems like there's a hole for one other person. Uh, that Ooh. should be coming. So I'm excited to get that that finalized. But there's already some names up there that haven't spoken there before and that um, people in this audience probably do know and love. So go check that out. Uh, let's get into story time, though, because we've got a, still a lot of things to cover. A lot more Facebook, as everyone's, we I'm do. sure, not surprised. Oh, my. It's, it's, Facebook is dominating the news <laughs> for like forever. Oh tell us goodness. a story, Andrew. Tell us a story. This is a good story. And this is the, the le- I'll tell the, the lesson before the story. The lesson is if you're too close to the fire, you can't really see it. If you're on your website all the time, you can't see the issues. You can't see like the, you know, what, what is or is not wrong with it. So this one, I was looking for some pictures for, of homes. And all I saw <laughs> on this website was renderings. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I know they have, they've built hundreds of homes. So I know that there's other pictures available, but you go on the site, Mm -hmm. you click on like a floor plan or you click homes available and it brings up a, it's, um, so I have a horizontal image and underneath it, there's two images, half the width of that horizontal image right underneath it. So there's three total in that nice format. So it looks Uh cool. It looks like that's all there is though. That looks like all there is. It's renderings and it's different elevations. So like the the expectation is like, oh, okay, that's that's all there is because it's not like the third picture is a interior kitchen shot or anything. So you're, that, that would give you the impression like, oh, there's more in there. Underneath all that, there is a, what I found out, there's a gallery button. So you click the gallery button and then it brings up the same set of images right there that you see. So you're like, oh, okay, that's all there is because that's what I saw the first time I clicked gallery and that's all that there is. <laughs> it's right there. Sure enough, there's actually a lot more pictures. And I was like, oh, duh, they're all there. But at the same time, I'm like, this <laughs> no, is a good no, story. No. Don't, don't, don't you dare blame yourself as, I'm, oh, duh. <laughs> and it, well, I mean, I could have slowed down. But the point is, I could have. But will website visitors who are going from site to site to site, will they slow down and see those things? Probably not. And so then I went up, like, I was like on this vendetta for myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going to Zillow. How does Zillow do it? Because they have. I forgot their <laughs> daily users, but it's insane. So I know that they have tons and tons of research on like, how do we do the gallery layout? And so they everywhere, you know, they try to, I don't know if their algorithm does this, but they do like a variety of pictures when you first see the home. I think it's four or five. And then on mobile, yep. you see the one of 50, one of 25. So you see all these different cues that you learn like, okay, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. And on mobile, you just swipe it. You don't have to like, there's no pop-up and it has the, um, what we call like a light box where like the rest, rest of the website is darkened and then the pop-up is the gallery. It's not that you just swipe left or swipe right with your thumb. Yep. Super cool. Yep. Um, and then the gallery on the desktop has the, has the numbers again. And so, you know, there's more, you know, there's more and it's very easy to, 
to use. So I challenge you to go to your website and see, is it obvious that there's more pictures? And do I give the expectation that there is more pictures? I, and I better bet. yet, ask your spouse or someone else yeah, who doesn't go to else. your website all the mm -hmm. time uh, to go give them that assignment. Or go to a service like usertesting.com and I like pay that one more. for uh, other people to go do it too. Well, the free, free just check in yourself, you know, for... If you're self-aware and can be self-aware, that, that works out. But yeah, I mean, we talked about that at the summit this past year. Um, one of my favorite kind of little things that I made was don't play hard to get, be hard to forget. Ooh, I like and it. Strong. There's no reason to play hard to get. Like, hey, if you want those pictures, you're going to have to click the gallery button. Yeah. Uh, and go past the ones you have already seen. And there's no like preview of like, oh, we got a little bit more. Like, I know you're curious. Here's something. Yeah, mm -hmm. make it. Make it obvious to find them because that's, I mean, as far as like on the page, I think most people's user testing will prove or disprove like they need to get invested with that home with the pictures mm -hmm. and then they'll continue on. And and for me, like spend like I, I actually will look at the floor plan. I did when we were looking at the uh, the homes like a month ago or so with the community down this way that was opening up. I'm like, oh, I just want to see this whole process. And, but you need to see the pictures first. And you're like, oh, okay, now I get like what that room is right there because I saw the pictures and you go kind of go back and forth. Yeah. The other the thing first. that that reminds me of too is um, how home builders have this thing that that is not typically found on Zillow or Realtor.com or other uh, syndication sites. And that is the floor plan and the floor plan on its own. A lot of people don't know how to read or what that looks like, mm -hmm. looks like in person. They, they can't translate it to real life, but all the time when you're looking at an existing home or a vacation home, Airbnb, whatever, you're like, okay, I think I have a sense of how these rooms fit together, but I really wish, maybe this is just the builder in me uh, that wishes that maybe no one else does, but I always wish, man, I wish I could see exactly how these different images are connected via a floor plan of some type. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel the same way because you'll see the, the picture of the bedroom, but you're like, well, how does that work with the hallway or the, how it connects to X, Y, Z? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great hallway. Where does it go? I Where can't really it? tell. Exactly. <laughs> Where is that? Yeah. Well, my story this week is I interviewed uh, two different individuals for a marketing position that's that opened up at one of the builders that we partner with. And I don't do this a lot. We, we do from time to time help people with placement of, of marketing positions. A couple times a year, we'll usually help out with that search. And it was a tale of two cities and it just made, you know, both of them probably technically had skills, but for whatever reason, in this case, I couldn't do a typical video call where I would see their face and get body language. And um, we could share the screen and talk about visuals. All I had, I felt like I was going back in time. All I had was their resume and we talked on the phone for 10 minutes. And so without having a clear sense of, creatively how they think or work, um, just having kind of that, that basic conversation. It was really interesting to me that I could still tell who is going to end up being the better marketer of the two. We'll find out. Um, one was very process oriented and um, she was, you know, managing IT and doing marketing and social media and, and the website and everything at this uh, manufacturing organization. Um, but there was no passion there. It was all mm -hmm. very dry and factual. And the other one um, was was younger, maybe a little bit less skilled um, in terms of experience, less knowledgeable. She was just kept talking about how she obviously understood how to do these different marketing tasks. And we could talk about Facebook and and SEM and PPC and the like, but she was just really searching for something that she could be invested in and passionate about. Um, not just the company, but the product and just, you know, she's like, I just, I would love to go walk neighborhoods and get out into the model homes and understand it. And I'm, I'm shortcutting for the sake of story time, but uh, obviously there there's potential pitfalls there, but none of those red flags hit up. And what it came down to at the end is you to be a successful marketer in a builder, not necessarily what, what we do or as an agency partner, although I think a lot of it still translates to be successful as a marketer, you, you better love this business and you better love uh, communities, homes. Uh, obviously the customers come with that, but the innate love of, of the product and the process of, of homes being built. Definitely. I mean, I still, I went through a home uh, just around the, the corner for me 
and that smell of sawdust. And you're just like, oh, I love this. I miss this so much sawdust. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sawdust in the morning. It's a beautiful thing. But that if you don't have that that passion for it, you're going to I mean, marketers in our industry are asked to do everything. Um, you know, very few have the amount of support or the team that uh, another organization with the amount of revenue that a home builder does. Home builders don't tend to have as much profit as a percentage. So there's just there's less support, less um, resources to work within at times. And so you better like have that inner drive and love of the product. Um, if you're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, because if that's not there at some point, uh, as is the case, I think with potentially um, the position that, that the person they're replacing in this position, they're still technically very good, but they kind of like other things too. And they would gotcha. like to, to be doing more and in, in working in other industries and with more variety. Whereas me, like I've said this before, I'm this boring person in the world at a party. Cause if you don't want to talk about Ohio state football, or new home marketing or new homes. Kind of like I got, got, I got nothing. maybe Star Wars. We can talk about Star Wars, but that's sort <laughs> of like the three topics that I <laughs> that I have to, to converse with somebody about. That's funny. It's that, just, you got to be all in. Oh, for sure. That reminds me of a, I have a super quick story. I, way back when, you know, this is pre-DYC. We're going way back here. Um, I, <laughs> I worked on an account agency for ultrasonic cleaners. Do you know what a ultrasonic cleaner is? Um, I have an ultrasonic toothbrush. Is that the same thing? Um, I'm not sure. I, I try to block <laughs> out this out of my mind, but like a dentist office or like uh, manufacturing oh, sure. or like tattoo shops, they'll have like an ultrasonic cleaner to sterilize yep. and clean instruments and metal and stuff. So that's, uh -huh. those are expensive items. So I, I probably spent over a hundred hours, build hours, I guess, um, on ultrasonic cleaners and it was terrible and it was awful. So <laughs> I, um, I love working on, on homes and marketing homes. It's, it's great. It is, it's very enjoyable. Melanie was a dental hygienist for 10 years. So I, I do, I've heard the term and sterilization equipment, of course, and, and all that, but yeah, I mean, I, I still collectively when we're slacking, you know, you, Jackie and I, it's like, look at this picture. This is amazing. Or, amazing. you know, mm -hmm. wow. I wish I could build that. I wish I could build that. You know, it is, it um, is. Yep. but, but in order to really make it, part of who you are and, and yeah, going, going beyond just the, okay, well that house is 300,000 and it's 2000 square feet. But if you're not excited about it, just like in sales, you know, if you're not, if you're not passionate about it, that passion doesn't transfer. Same really is true of good marketers. They're also, I mean, every, every builder that I ever worked with, if at the time that I was employed by them, you told me that they were not good. I would have, I would have gotten in a fight with you, a literal drag down, you know, fist fight of no, they are the best home builder <laughs> in the world. Ever. Whereas the reality is the first home builder that I worked with, um, <laughs> Ty Pennington, <laughs> uh, did an extreme home makeover for this builder mm -hmm. on a house that was like three years old. So oh, wow. that tells you the level of quality. <laughs> it was a tear down this house. We can't fix tear it. Down this house. It, was, oh, Ty. it was great. Yeah. I remember. Happened in the city that I was in too. This is a large, oh, super regional builder, but I was lucky enough to happen. Yeah. Well, that We should talk about that on the next. That story is a good time. story. <laughs> Sounds very awkward. <laughs> I'll save that one for later. Oh man. All right. All right. Yep. Into the news. We've got some other special. We got sound clips this Ooh, week, too. Getting fancy. Um, Yet another Facebook one. So Facebook, because they're under fire all the time now, um, they put out this tool. It's not really a tool. It's a link and it tells you where to go very quickly in your account settings to see which applications you have previously given permission to and what they're doing with your data. Not what they're doing with it, but what levels of data they can get like is it just your your name or is it your name your friends list da, 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 and this whole thing and so it's pretty interesting you click it and you go into your account um, remove them if you don't want to have them on there anymore or you might go oh i totally forgot about that that's what that 12 dollars a month subscription that i've been paying for i don't know what it is that's what it was um like some tool or something like that for marketing so it's it's pretty interesting that now they're they're showing it out there i feel like they should they could have should have had this be a more easily accessible thing or, or something that's like a checkup. Yeah, no it was in that, there so before, but of... it was definitely buried. Mm -hmm. It was buried, you know, between, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've checked out that, that list before, but I, I'm just being distracted as I'm looking at this link, Andrew, is that it says, however, a friend of yours logged in. Um, I did not, it says, I did not log into log into this is your digital life. But a friend of yours did. And as a result, the following information was likely shared with them. 
my public profile, which is public. Anyone can grab that mm -hmm. anywhere. Everything that I've shared publicly, the pages that I like my birthday and the current city that I live in. <laughs> I don't, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I, I have been on the Twitter sphere. I'm uh, sharing my opinions on this stuff. And I, I am all for more privacy protections and especially when there are breaches and, and harm is caused, I think it's okay. There should be laws about being able to go back and, and get damages or whatever. I'm, it's not that I'm not for any of this. It's just the misconceptions and misunderstandings that are happening of like, what is this? Like you would think that Cambridge Analytica had exact room dimensions yeah, and exactly. the key code to my mm -hmm. garage. And I just don't understand. Yeah. Um, me. But that's, I, I, I must be know. out of touch. So I, I'm not saying that I don't understand to make anyone who's listening to this like mad. I'm just saying, and, and then really uh, the other thing is I was, I was watching the Facebook testimony and Melanie commented, she goes, why are you watching that? I go, this is just fascinating one for, for many reasons. But I said, it's just, it's absolutely fascinating. And I said, she's like, well, what's going on? I said, well, they, they don't like what Facebook is doing. And she goes, well, who, who does, we don't even know what they're doing. And I was like, raise my hand slowly with a slight <laughs> grin. I'm like, I know what they're doing. <laughs> it's not She's like, well, yeah, I, okay. You, you do, but not, we really don't know what they're doing. It's fascinating. I just, Sorry to distract from well, the story. Yeah, it is good. Go, go look and check, check out your. But that's, that's all they know, they know about yeah, me. I don't know. And yeah. they used it to, you know, give more targeted ads for the elections and whatnot. It's like, OK, I don't know. I, I literally I don't know what button I pushed, Andrew. I never saw a single political. I've, on Facebook. I did. I've only seen these select family members that would comment on every. I'm sure they're the <laughs> Russian made organic posts. That, that's, that's what I mean. I if saw. I saw it, it mm -hmm. was shared. Yeah, all I saw was something shared by somebody I know, not an actual ad served up to nope, Target. Either. I've seen local stuff, like local, I'm going for city council. And it's like, okay, it's Leslie Nopes of Pawnee or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> like neat, <laughs> neat, neat, neat. But that's it. Yeah, which they didn't target they, then probably. It was probably just ge geographically everyone who I'm lived sure. in that precinct. I'm sure, whatever, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, you want to do you want to do some some sound clips from the testimony yeah, yesterday? I like sound clips. That's okay, fun. so uh, there's a couple high level thoughts here. One is that it definitely highlighted that we need more young people in politics um, who can actually think intelligently about what any of this stuff is, because that was the only part. The main part to me of the negative was, holy smokes, if these are the people who are going to design or write any legislation around this. We're all in big trouble because they just don't understand it. And that's what this first clip is. Uh, I think this is Senator Orrin Hatch, who was wondering exactly how does Facebook make money anyway? That we believe that we need to offer a service that everyone can afford. And we're committed to doing that. Well, if so, how do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. I see. He said, oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, and that goes back to the second clip, which was in a nutshell, what Mark kept repeating over and over again. But that's where uh, and maybe advertisers and builders listening don't understand this either. Facebook does does not sell or profit off of giving data away. In fact, that's the whole if they did that, people would build their own systems to deliver ads Yep. In other ways, they're they're collecting as much data as they can and trying to keep it for themselves so that you have to go to them to get access to it. Yeah. Am, am I misunderstanding no, that? No, or not at all. I mean, that was that's a big thing with Cambridge is they abuse the API access, which is how their application connected to Facebook. And they pulled that information out of Facebook and then connected it to their own system to then use yeah, I, I feel like it's strange that they haven't commented to the fact of like Facebook didn't profit at all Not from at all. what happened with that app and getting the data. To, they didn't they didn't sell. They didn't make any money. None of the billions of dollars that they have came as a result of that leak happening. And so Mark Zuckerberg tried to clarify it with this comment. I, I want to be clear. We don't sell information. So regardless of whether we could get permission to do that. That's just not a thing that we're going to go do. Meaning, again, they're selling access. They're saying, tell us who you want to reach 
give us your ad and we'll make the connection. But there is zero way uh, legally or without, you know, breaking the system, yep. which, again, I think Facebook needs to make sure that system is hard to break, impossible to break, you know, as much as that can be done. But they do not sell data. Uh, we cannot go buy a list of people who want to buy a home and then email them no. or it just it's, yeah. it's not, and a, not be, a thing. How, I don't even know how we could use that efficiently. Let's say we had the likely to move category for a certain zip code. And then what? Like we have like a name, an email. It, it won't be efficient in any means. Well, you know, like there's no end game for anybody. Yeah, no, there's no other great no. delivery method. You're right. I mean, there's email marketing, there's display ads, and then native ads are locked down anyway. So you're not going to be able to apply it to that. Um, maybe if you were a platform uh, of your own, that would be of value to you, that you could deliver content as long as you knew more about your users and you could somehow somehow make that happen. But this also brings up Another point that I'd love to get your thoughts on, Andrew, and I've, again, shared a couple tweets about this over the past 48 hours is why is no one, you know, Andy brought this up with the question of the week last week. Why is there not more concern about the amount of data that Amazon has on all of us? And that's, I mean, they, the, the difference between what you, you call it fake book, right? Because people only put out there what they want everyone else to see and know about themselves. So, you know, no one is going on Facebook in terms of a, uh, you know, a 50 year old man uh, from Texas is not going on Facebook and saying, uh, hey, everyone just wanted you to know I'm loving uh, binge watching this toddlers and Tierra's marathon. Right. And if they are, it's for a specific purpose, but they're not. But Amazon would know yep. if you're watching it, Amazon. you know, through their fire TV sticks and, and, and all the rest, you know, they're yeah. Uh, John from Texas loves yeah. toddlers and, and tears knows okay. that they all yeah they i know what I you just buy looked it up. um 2017 152 purchases through amazon um this year we're this year we're at 88 so we're trending up wow good for us amazon they'll be happy they'll be happy with us um <laughs> yeah so that's a, i think for me at least that says a lot more about me as a person my wife as a person and others who we might ship to what they do that is more, I don't know if it's yeah. more valuable, but that is more private, in my opinion, than what I did on Facebook that I know was, right. is public. Exactly. If I click like, I'm like, okay, I know that potentially everybody who is my friend on Facebook will see this. If I comment on something, same thing, that goes through my mind. Maybe that doesn't go through everyone else's mind. That I don't know. <laughs> that like, oh. Well, that definitely doesn't like, go through okay. everybody's mind. I don't think you yeah. meant to like that publicly. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's all there versus Amazon. Yeah. It's private. But your actual purchases mm -hmm. that you make, again, the books you read, the questions you ask Alexa. Now Amazon wants to, you know, get in the get further down oh, the rabbit yeah. hole of cameras. And they bought Ring mm -hmm. to be able to have access to who's coming and going from your house. Um, I just the it's just crazy to me that, and, and so here's what I hope happens, Andrew, here's what I, I just talked about this with our last builder client, um, was I hope that a bunch of really fit, um, attractive health bloggers get hacked and we find out that, that they all awesome. have dash buttons for Twinkies. <laughs> uh, and they're like, they're like ordering Twinkies Exposed. by the, by the crate load. And secretly eating them in the laundry room. That. Yeah. And then doing extra work. That is funny. Um, they, they've. <laughs> that's, that, that'll that's blow the gates real. wide open on this Amazon internet? thing. It's not real. No, it's, it's definitely shaped. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. And I put on the Twitter the other day on the Twitter. That's funny. Um, Google Earth. It actually, we've been watching Parks and Rec. We go through different, different seasons and of uh, the office, Parks uh -huh. and Rec, all those sitcoms, whatever. And that one came up where the character Ron Swanson with the mustache, you know, the man's man, he's like, and they're spying on me. My, this pop-up happened and he goes, this whole thing throws his computer in the trash. It's pretty funny. I'm like, Oh, there's satellites. <laughs> I remember and taking pictures all the time. I remember, like, um, you know, there's, it's like, who cares for me? I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, just go to my house. It's right over I, here. That's on the property appraisers website. Like it's all out there anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. 
Yeah, I remember, I think it was still when I was with Heartland uh, and I was working with Mike as a consultant, he showed me um, his wife, Corey, was caught by the Google van with like oh, a toddler on her hip taking out the trash. There she and, is. And, you know, it's like, there she is, you know. Beautiful. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Okay, so let's wrap up the testimony with this last clip, which was my favorite uh, of all of them. Uh, the setup here is the line of question was about um, security of private data, and the senator asked Mark this question. Do you believe you're more responsible with millions of Americans' personal data than the federal government would be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you may have. Yes. You may not have heard uh, in that audio tape, but on video, you could see the people behind him chuckling. It was like, mm -hmm. we all know that answer, right? And considering the audience is the federal government is surrounding him, uh, a branch of the federal government. It took a lot of guts, I think, for him to, to say it say it that way but true story i mean they our tax all return that, information all, all that stuff is out moving there. on yeah. moving on moving on moving on let's see here this one what's this um, next article so it's titled about? native will dominate display spending in 2018 Ooh, that sounds sounds interesting um so the summary on that is native advertising will comprise nearly 60 percent of display spending this year in the u.s so it, there's two, yeah, there's two things huh. too. That, that native word, um, depending on our listeners' background and what they're used to. Um, in my super nerdy world, if I said native around my colleagues, that would be like kind of referencing the lower quality ads beneath news articles. Like if you type in like native ad networks, you'd have those. Um, like what's a what's a big one? It is not coming to mind because I don't use them. But they're at the end of like news articles and it's like sponsored by <laughs> those things. But native could also mm -hmm. imply like native to that website. Um, so not Facebook, not Google ads. So it's. Yeah, the, the higher quality ones like the ones that Zillow offers mm -hmm. are it's basically a closed system. You can't get access to that placement from the Google Display Network or from AdRoll or other places. If you want access to that space, you have to contract directly with the platform in order to get the right to do so. Um, there are certainly those lower mm -hmm. quality, just pop-ups and takeovers and bad stuff. yeah, just bad, bad things. But a lot, most of what the native advertising is, are these closed networks of, of, um, of platforms. And so what I think is interesting is when it just mentions the dollar volume versus um, amount of ads displayed or shown, but just how expensive they're going to be. What do you think about that? Eight. 8.7 billion you get that right has grown more than 80 percent year this year to 8.7 that's a lot of money 8.7 billion um which is crazy because we did this cool little nerdy thing where we essentially and we'll talk about it here um we didn't hack that sounds like a very clickbaity title we hacked native advertising <laughs> but we got a really a high quality placement for a builder client and the cpm on it so the cost per 1000 impressions was very nice compared to like what you would pay for natively. So some sites do have, it would have, it would have been five times yeah. more at least if they had bought it directly. This is from a large national print publication. Um, and so we, to be clear though, we weren't able to get the native, if there was native advertising on there, that's not right. what we did. We just, we used Google's display to choose exactly where to send those ads to. And it happened to just be on that one large print publication. But yeah, I mean, so Native, if it's one of those things, if you're going to do it, just make sure you're holding it accountable like anything else and have have goals and things that you're working towards, because it is usually significantly more expensive than other forms of display. That, that again, expensive doesn't mean Correct. it's not worth doing. Mm -hmm. It just means it, it's going to have to give you a better than average return if it costs more. Definitely. than. So if you average. have your UTM set up on those ads and then tracking on your website, you'll be able to see like, oh, OK, here we spent. $3,000 last month, here is each placement. Say they gave you like a list of websites that, that should be on or the website. And then you can see what they did exactly. And cool, we got 20 leads or we got zero leads. That's not working, shoot. Um, but if you don't have track in place, <laughs> yep. you won't be able to know at all. So, mm -hmm. yep. Okay, this last mm -hmm. one is caught it catching a lot of people mm -hmm. off guard it is the google url shortener is is gone 
sort of sort of gone. It's very confusing. It's about to be gone. Yeah, sort it of. It still kind of works. The so if you're using UTMs and you have them like on your Facebook post, you don't want to have like this qualityhomebuilder.com slash community name slash source equals blah blah blah. And it, it you know takes up like four lines. It would look just crazy. So yeah, it's longer yeah. than your actual content above the link that looks, you're trying to get. Yeah, it looks click spammy. On. Like, eh, I'm not going to click on that. So a lot of people use, and myself included, the Google URL shortener. So they discontinued that. Although it still is working, but it's still, it's still, we were talking about it before this, and we were like, what, what, is it gone? Is it not gone? So on April 13th, we'll find out, uh-huh. is it, can you make new ones? They're still supporting all the current ones, so that's good. So if you have them out there, they're going to work. But making new ones, you'll have to use a different service. Um, I think the next in line is really Bitly. That one is, the, I think, the most yep. trusted, popular yep. um, out there. Yeah, and also, there, I think there are, is a paid option for Bitly, right? But the, yep. the free mm-hmm. one works just fine. I think the paid one, you could and yep, rebrandly. rebrandly. Might need some. We've been testing that. So that one would be like a custom domain um, shortener. So it wouldn't be like Bit bit.ly slash da 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 da. It could be either like a subdomain that you have with your domain, or you can make something up new um, that is yours, which is pretty cool and it's very affordable. Um, but you definitely want to troubleshoot it and make sure it it does work. It does but need it to needs work. work. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we 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 signed up for the service and set up now.doyouconvert.com so we could just put slash you know um utms or whatever we wanted as our short code and have the tracking and everything built together and one week later after emailing support getting their engineer in quote air quotes involved they still can't figure out why it doesn't work the domain's set up properly and yeah, and all the rest good. but it's not working so yeah. <laughs> don't, don't use that, that one. one for now uh, go to bitly or keep using google Definitely. as long as you can all right All right. That does it for the news. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our 360 topic of the week. Uh, Tracking, not the kind that Facebook's doing for you, but tracking the effectiveness of all of that digital marketing effort that you're doing. We'll be right back. This week's 360 top of the week again is tracking all things uh, in your digital marketing department, all all of those emails, uh, social media campaigns, display campaigns, uh, really anything that people are clicking on. Yes, you can track it all without uh, Facebook's help or the government's. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> no, no NSA, <laughs> no Zuckerberg's. How- What's uh what's step number one or what's the kind of the first foundational principle people need to understand uh, how, how it works to make this definitely make this work. Um, so step number, I'll call this actually step number zero. You need to make sure that you have it's because it's kind of overseen sometimes uh, analytics, the analytics tag, Google analytics tag on every page of your website. Um, sometimes it's not. Most of the time it is, but that will give you a headache later down the road. You're like, why is this not working? So just double check that. You could just email your developer. Hey, let me make sure it's everywhere. And then step number one is understanding UTM codes and when to use them. For most everybody, say you're running syndication, Google AdWords, and Facebook. If you have Google AdWords linked to Google Analytics, you do not need to use UTM codes for any of your Google ads because they'll share the data appropriately with each other. Any of your Facebook ads and your Facebook post, you need to use Google UTM codes. And all that will do is tell analytics, hey, this came from Facebook. This was the campaign name. It could be like April Fool's campaign name and the source, Facebook, paid social if it's a paid ad. Um, and we have a great post on this that we'll have on the, well, in, the sh- in the show notes. Um, it's essentially yep. we're just telling Google where that person came from. Otherwise, we have to, Google has to figure it out, and they're not very good at figuring out where people came from. From Facebook. well, now that was that no, was no, maybe no, no, a no. little. They're pretty. They're pretty darn good to the they're point that most people don't even know that UTMs are something they should use because Google does guess. You know, they they have these default um, 
channels that are in analytics. That's when, if you log in, you've never touched any of the other ways to customize those. You know, it does delineate generally between organic traffic and display ad traffic pretty well. Um, but there are certainly some things. In, and again, in, in the blog post, we tell you more about what those things are that Google's not good at guessing at. Specifically, what, Andrew? What are they not good at guessing about? They're not good at guessing about the paid ads and organic ads, splitting those up between the yeah, two. Yeah. So when like you, on, on social media specifically, social yeah. media. So mm-hmm. anything coming from an app or a secure environment yep. to a non secure environment or That's transitioning crazy. from from one app to another or an app to a browser. Not so good. And that's where a lot of you will see in analytics your other, quote unquote, other traffic skyrocketing or simply attributing anything that looks like it might be coming from Facebook, throwing it into the Facebook uh, social media pile. So, yeah, this this process will implicitly tell Google Analytics, if you see someone click on this link right here, this is where I want you to put them, regardless of where you might want to guess, put them right here. And there's some other things like... uh, like you said, campaign name, campaign term, campaign content. They're pieces that we don't always use, but you can. Yeah, you, you wanna... can get as, as nerdy as you want to get, um, depending on, to me, it, it really depends on the budget. So if you're spending $50 mm-hmm. on something or $100 on something, it might not be worth like making sure the data for that is is crazy perfect as far as going really, really narrow on the mm-hmm. campaign name for UTMs. But if you're spending... 500,000 plus on, on the campaign, then it's worth changing that. Uh, but the good thing with UTMs, you could always, after the fact, find out that information. Um, if you yep. understand analytics enough, you could always go backwards and pull like, okay, this is that campaign. Even though I did not name that campaign name, something unique, you could always get to it. Yeah. And you can see where the landing page or destination page is. Um, yep. One of the things that I, I do really like what you said is the amount of money. So don't don't go super granular on this unless you're spending a large amount or it's a really important project or, you know, you only have one community and sell 15 homes. Then you might have the time to on everything you do. (laughs) Do this exactly. If you're you're testing something, yeah, there's something if you just Mm -hmm. want it to save time. Yeah. Or, or in a report, you want it to look a little bit different then it is probably worth, you know, the few extra minutes to do that. Okay. So UTM codes are where it, the the everything, including the link itself and the UTM information tells Google Analytics exactly where to store the data that it is tracking once someone gets to your website. Yep. What's uh, what's step number one then? That's step zero. Then after that, so you should have all the data in analytics where you could actually see everything. So you see your Facebook ads, you see your Google ads, you see syndication if you're running syndication. After that, ideally, what you'll be able to tell is like, hey, which one generates the most leads, the most quantity, what's mm-hmm. the conversion rate? So you'll need to have conversion tracking. In analytics, those are called goals. It's underneath the conversion menu on the left side, but they call those goals. So there are, um, you'll see this and, and get, I think you'll probably get a, a wide variety of opinions on it. But like, what do you track as a goal? And I like to, and yeah. Kevin does too, what is real, you can track as a goal. So like a phone call, if you have call rail or another call tracking service, you could track phone mm-hmm. calls through analytics. Super cool. Or like a lead form submitted, or if you have um, a chat on your website, mm-hmm. like the first, sometimes those get quirky when they track every single message as a successful conversion and that could get insane. Right. But you know, the yep. first time they, someone initiates a chat session on, on your website. So those are goals, but if they're visiting like the directions page or if they clicked um, to download a PDF of the floor plan, hopefully you don't have that. But if you do have the PDF on the site and that's you're tracking that button click, those are better suited to be what analytics would call an event. So an event happened on the website. Yeah. So. Good, good, good. I'm glad you said that because even in my time with a large national home builder um, whose initials rhyme with uh, DMR, um, <laughs> uh, at, NVR, at NVR, the original marketing dashboards, I remember would from, from the agency that they use at the time, and I'm sure all this has changed now would show things like, um, intent actions as a conversion. So, well, someone clicked get directions. So obviously that means they showed up at, you know, this ad worked because then they showed up at the model. Well, that doesn't no, just yes. maybe, yeah. 
depending on how the website works, a lot of builders, you can't tell where anything is unless you click get directions because they don't right. have a good small map to really show you where you are. So those intent based things are better left to be looked at when you choose to look at them under the event tracking in analytics, leave goals and conversions because those are what are going to, again, any data that's going to run up the chain of command. You don't want the CEO saying, look at this, you know, uh, Craigslist ad campaign is getting conversions off the chart. And those are all people clicking, get directions or downloading PDFs, you know, because then all of a sudden you're making Craigslist people. ads for the rest of your <laughs> life. And that sounds terrible. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. There's um, what's the big um, correlation causation was correlation yes. does not equal causation. Yeah. So then you might, yeah, you just go down this rabbit hole of like, oh, we're optimizing towards direction button clicks. Well, that doesn't necessarily cause more leads or appointments. It could be related. It could not be related. It's yeah, you get, you could be off the track. Not unless you have a beacon or something tracking people's uh, device once Getting they fancy. arrive. In. Mm -hmm. That's some Zuckerberg stuff there. Uh, so why do we, at the end of the day, want to do all this stuff? Why do we want to track? We kind of already know this answer, but but let's let's talk through it anyway, Andrew. What are the main let's, benefits of doing let's all make this? It, let's make it clear. Um, so there's for me, there's a few things. You could track the, you can compare different traffic sources. So you could push marketing dollars from this one to that one or just spend more. If you know, like mm -hmm. say, hey, Facebook is our biggest driver of appointments and leads. Boom, you know where to spend more money if you have more budget. Mm -hmm. um, then you could also determine from the marketing side um, which markets or communities are having a, say say if one community is at a 2% conversion rate and another one is at a 1% conversion rate, you have the same strategies and tactics set up on Facebook and Google AdWords and you could be like, oh, okay, there's I could there's some other problem here besides the marketing, sort of. You could assume that um, if you're spending the same, the session yeah. number of users is the same, there might be another issue. But you might have the same layout on the ad, right. but you have a much better picture on one than another. Correct. Um, yep. As an example, yep. The, one of the things I really like is just when you separate all this stuff out correctly, it makes comparing the data from one source to another. Um, or one, one channel or, or medium to another more meaningful. So when you're comparing organic traffic and what it's doing on the site versus organic social and what it's doing on your site versus paid social, it's much more meaningful than when you just have this one big social uh, slushy of, of all the data. That's a technical term, Andrew. Sounds slushy. good. I like slushy. Uh, That's data slushy. This this. <laughs> this data slushy that, that just muddies the water and doesn't let you really make good decisions. That definitely. And oh, another cool one. This this is after um, I forgot the exact report name. I know where it is in there. The what's it? the top conversion paths, paths, top mm -hmm. assisted conversion, yeah. assisted conversions, assisted conversions and analytics. If you have all this set up at after, say, a month or so of it set up, you could see the top ways that people became a lead. So if they clicked Google AdWords and then they went back to Google's organic search and then they did that. That could be top. So even though maybe organic gets the, you know, the last click attribution, you can see that maybe their journey started with Google AdWords or Facebook. So it really helps as far as just seeing yep. the overall real picture of what's happening. Yeah, that's it. That that should have been my story time, Andrew, was the multi-channel funnels is oh, what you're talking multi -channel. about. Multi-channel. That's the word. So we did have someone email me and they said, hey, we we've only seen, you know, X number of conversions from AdWords since January 1st. In analytics, should I be concerned? And I looked at the data for a few minutes and emailed it back. I said, no, you shouldn't, because I'm just going to make up a number. Let's say there were there were 50 conversions since January 1st. Uh, when you look at the multi-channel funnels, it also showed in that same time period, there was uh, almost double that amount, if I'm thinking correctly. I think there was uh, double mm -hmm. that amount in assisted conversions, meaning in some other visit prior to the one that caused the conversion to occur, AdWords was used as a prior visit or the, the procuring cause for a prior session before the session that converted. And so when you do the math on both of those, plus understanding that how phone calls are going to mix in, plus actual walk-in traffic is like, no, we, we actually are in great shape. Your cost per lead is actually lower from AdWords currently than from your overall average. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a huge one. And the key point there with all things in Google Analytics is if you're looking at that multi-channel funnel data, it is only as good as the time frame you have selected. 
Um, so what I mean by that, I'll, I'm going to pick a, a different example. Someone else emailed me this week and said, hey, I, I ran week by week all of the Google Analytic data, and then I also oh. ran it for the entire month. And the numbers for total unique visitors came out different. How is that possible? And the reason that's possible is if someone came during week one, came back during week two and week three and week four, they would be counted as one if you did the search over the entire month. That's one unique visit over that one month period. Or it was counted each time on each week as a unique visit. So four unique visitors if you do it week by week. So it doesn't work like that in Excel or anywhere else in, in your life, probably where you're looking at data where it changes like that. But in Google Analytics, it does. Um, so you want to be careful of that when you're when you're running these reports. Sneaky. All right, let's go. Let's go on to the question of the week, because this is such a short week. We actually do not have a new question uh, or a question to read your answers from because it's just been so crazy. But what we're going to start doing is we're going to ask the question, then we'll put it in the Market Proof Marketing Facebook group for you guys to answer as well. And we'll have prizes and continue as normal. But we're also going to answer the question ourselves right right now to give you guys some some head start and some some thoughts on it from us, too. So. I'm going to ask you, Andrew, you're first up. What marketing tasks demand the largest amount of your time? And do you find the return on that investment worth it? So yours is going to be a little bit differently potential than a, than a home builder. It is uh, different. Sales, I'm, but. I'm digital and I kind of divide my day into four different categories. Uh, AdWords, Facebook, landing pages sometimes, and then just analysis, troubleshooting. Um. Jeez, which one takes the most amount of time? I would say Facebook ads generally take more time, um, depending on the kind of going backwards, like to the end result. You have the ad copy, you have the image compared to like Google AdWords. We're like, hey, I need a, an ad. You only have ad copy. And then with the image, mm. there's a lot of, at, at least the way I do it, there's a lot of thought that should go into the image and finding the right one, making sure it's edited. We also, we have Jackie. She puts a lot of effort and time into creating those images. So I'm adding her time into that as well yep. um, as if we are one person. So Facebook ads, but is the return worth, worth it on having, I'm a, I'm a 10 out of 10. Is it worth having 10 out of 10 Facebook ads? And I, I definitely think it is because you see compared to like a lower quality ad where you're like, oh, just pick a picture, throw it up there. There's no editing. Yep. There's no layout yep. choices or anything like that. You really see a big difference on the cost per engagement, cost per link click. And you could divide that into your what you make and how much your time and the builder is and builder happiness stuff. or smiley face oh, metric yeah. is the most important too for, for us. It's a very big um, smiley face. Well, I'm glad this. yours is positive because I'm going to share one that when I was a builder took the most amount of time and clearly did not. I mean, not even a question. There was no way the return on investment was worth it, and that is flyers. That's right. Um, mm. I did end up killing them terrible. at some point before my the end of my career. Um, as a builder, but man, flyers and I'll say any printed material with image and copy on it, whether those were postcards or just printed flyers to go in drop boxes um, or brochure boxes in front of the model, any of those things where because everyone's opinion, man, it was I don't know if that's the best photo of the home we have for that one. And or, oh or you know, it's kind of like with model home decorating. It didn't matter what furniture the designer picked out. If they didn't consult with the sales rep who worked out of that model, you can bet everyone was going to talk about how bad the furniture was. But it was just the amount of back and forth on this stupid thing that was going to go on a piece of paper that like five people might see. And because the brochure box lid would be left open, they'd all get rained on and stuck together and wet. And I mean, just everything about it. I'm so glad if, if you're still doing that, please um, share your misery with us <laughs> when you answer the uh, the week, because I would I would love to relive that through you without actually having to go back and do it myself. Just everything about printed flyers makes my skin crawl. Just thinking about it. Oh, it was geez. never worth the return. And then the, the printing logistics of just having them ordered and printed. Now that we got lucky with. We had a we had a former homeowner or a homeowner who lived in one of our houses who had a digital printing press in his basement and it was literally like two blocks oh. from the office. And so That's amazing. It was like Amazon time, right? I mean it's like Amazon Prime now. I need I need business cards or a brochure printed and it was done and you know plastic wrapped and sitting out for us to pick up. So Man, 
You did get lucky on that one. Yeah, certainly, certainly did. Certainly did. Okay. Well, that, that does it. Andrew, where can, where can people find you on, on the interwebs? Yeah. Uh, Facebook, of course, unless <laughs> for now kicks me off or something. Yeah. Get, um, the term I've, I've learned is you get zucked Z U C C mm. comedy. If you're, if you're getting banned or you can't comment anymore on there, but yeah, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Andrew peak DYC, all three are the same. And of course the website, uh, do convert.com. Awesome. Yep. And where and- can they find you? They can just Google Kevin Oakley or, of course, visit DoYouConvert.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest article in Professional Builder magazine. Um, Mike and I take turns there with them. Uh, the current one, shocking. I mean, we have to write these things like three months in advance, so it's a little bit cross your fingers that the timing is going to make sense. But the current article right now is all about, you know, stop chasing algorithm updates and worrying so much about what Facebook is doing and, and, and how things are going to get affected in terms of how computers are going to mess you up as a marketer and instead focus on what you can control, which is great content. So go check out that on the newsstands. Just kidding. I mean, I would love professional builder, but if you're still <laughs> reading it on the newsstand, just go to their website. It's uh, it's better. They can track you. They can serve you Facebook remarketing ads. It's just a better, better to track you. Everyone's tracking you. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>